0: Hello and welcome to DSUF, Determined Spirits, Unquenchable Faith. I am Craig Burns, elite athlete and former Australian national champion, as well as Commonwealth Games and World Championships representative. I want to share with you high-performing young people so that you can learn from them how to be effective and powerful. We'll talk about success, fear, greatness, happiness, and how all those things play a part in the experience of life. So let's do it. Welcome, 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 and thank you so much for joining me once again and taking the time to listen to this DSUF podcast. Today I am pumped to share with you a chat I had with Australia's fastest female sprinter. Now I caught up with her a few weeks ago in Canberra before she started her her trip overseas on her way to Rio for her second Olympic game, which is just incredible. So she also went to the 2012 London Olympic Games. So this will be a second Olympic Games for her. And um, yeah, she's the Australian record holder for the 100 metre sprint with a time of 11.11 seconds. Now that's faster than what I could run when I was at like high school. So um, yeah, she is just ripping up the track and she's been dominating the female sprint scene in athletics for a good six or so years now. So let me introduce you to Melissa Breen.
1: I want to run and I want to continue running um, fast and and for Australia for as long as I can. It's the best job in the world. You get to see the world, you get to experience so many highs and lows and it builds you into the person I am because without track I wouldn't be this person speaking to you now. I'd probably still be the shy year 10 girl that couldn't do a speech in front of a class. Mm -hmm. So it's shaped me into becoming a much more confident, um, you know, self-assured person with, um, I guess, the belief that anything is is possible.
0: Now for a chick who's the best in Australia at the 100 meter sprint, like, she's the fastest in this whole country, Melissa Breen is a quietly confident young lady. She is very unique in the way in which she lives her life and even pokes fun at herself during the interview saying that she's more like a 30-something-year-old than a 20-something-year-old. So it was great to chat with Mel and meet her wonderful cat, Cleo. And, um, and Cleo did not like me, by the way. I, I do like cats, but I am allergic. But um, yeah, Cleo was just not a fan of Craig. And uh, there were a few things Mel talked about that I particularly loved, and I'll point those out now. I'm a massive believer in challenging yourself. And if you are interested in growing, if you are interested in expanding yourself, and you know you're listening to these, to these podcasts because you you want to grow, you want to expand, you want to you know do the things you want to do in life, then what you first must do to achieve those things is challenge yourself. And Mel talked about changing coaches at the age of sixteen and moving from a squad where she was the oldest athlete to a squad where she became as she says, the young pup. And for her, it was a daunting experience, but the challenge helped her build character and it helped her grow up a bit. And as an athlete, it was the adversity that she needed. It was the challenge that she needed to grow and to start to become the athlete that she is today. So the challenge itself, the adversity itself, uh, contributed to growing her and making her and shaping her into the athlete that she is today. Mel then talks about fear and she says that fear is often or mostly about the unknown. We often are afraid of the unknown and for her fear can manifest itself in many forms but it is usually caused by not knowing what the outcome will be of what she is aiming for or what she is aiming to do. So Mel's goal and you'll hear this. You'll hear this in the interview. Mel's goal is to break the 11-second mark, right? So she wants to run 10.99 or quicker. And like she dreams about it, she believes that she can do it. She trusts the process and her coach and herself that she can do it. But because it is such a big game and a big challenge, there is this feeling that she gets, you know, a, a physical feeling in a her, in her garden. She just like it, it comes along with a challenge because it is just so unknown as to how, when, or where reaching that goal will happen. And lastly, and I love this part of the interview, Mel talks about failure. She says that failure happens a lot, and people shouldn't be scared of it. She admits she fails a lot, but reframes failure to simply not meeting the expectations or the goals that were planned. So for her, failure is when you don't meet the expectations or the goals that were planned but true failure is when you give up or stop trying. So Mel talks about a lot of great stuff and opens up about her personal life and how athletics is just a small chapter of her life and how there is much more to her and her life than just athletics. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did and without further ado, here is Melissa Breen. So, here I am in the living room of Mel Breen's house in Canberra, <laughs> and she has honoured me by letting her interview you for this DSUF podcast, so thank you for joining me, Mel. My pleasure. <laughs> um, and I just ran through basically what this is all about with Mel, so we'll just get straight into the, into the questions. Sure. Cool. All right, so, what is it that has you be who you are? Asked differently, why are you the way you are?
1: Ooh. I am the way I am because of, one, my parents and the way I was brought up. Mm. Um, my parents are amazing. Although I pursued sport as a youngster, I never felt pressure from them to do any of it or I never felt like if I didn't do I'd be letting them down. Um, the way they raised me was... Find something you love and you do that. Mm. Um, and I'm forever grateful um, for the time I had um, growing up with my older brother, Matt, as well. He did athletics um, as well, did little A's, and, and that's the reason why I did it in the beginning, because he was a few years older than me and um, younger sister, younger annoying sister, just tagged along. Um,
0: so what age was that, do you think, when you were doing...
1: I started when I was about seven. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a few years older than me. So, I also never felt like a competitive environment at home in terms of like sibling rivalry oh, or really? anything. Okay. I never felt that, um, and I honestly didn't know it existed till I was a teenager and people were talking about it. I never felt like it was I was fighting for attention, or I never felt like I wasn't getting attention, or I never, for a second, had that growing up that's at in- all. That's
0: it, interesting because um, I interviewed. Natalie cook a little while ago and like her home situation was completely the opposite. Um, and she had a brother, I think a younger brother, um, and her parents and her, her, her grandparents would like encourage them to like, you know, be the first to the car, be the first to tidy your room, be the first to blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's interesting. Yours is the complete opposite, which is really cool. Like it's a different way of, um, I guess, competitiveness coming out.
1: Yeah. I am completely the opposite to that. I, maybe if you ask my brother maybe I got it a bit easy cuz I was the youngest mm-hmm. possibly but um there was never that um the favorite child or anything like that growing up it was just a really supportive loving environment and um and that's i guess that's what's installed in me now like to be a loving caring person um and to pursue what i love um and yes i love winning but i love running more yeah so when you compare to Natalie, obviously that was a competitive environment growing up. Um, and I'm a competitor, and when I get out there and race, I want to run fast and I want to win. Um, but growing up, I just love running.
2: Mm.
1: And that I think is so important to maintain kids in sport the love of something to do. With they enjoy what they're doing, not just enjoy winning. Mm. Winning's great, it's the end result, it's what you're doing along the way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's, yeah, very lucky to have that installed in me, which is why. You can survive the really tough times um, in the sport, and the times when you don't win and you don't run fast is because you've got that love there, and you remember why you started.
0: Yeah. What were the steps that you have taken to get where you are now? And I guess that means you know starting out from little A's at mm-hmm. a young age of seven years old, and then you said you started training more after primary school finished. Yeah. So yeah, like now you're going to your second Olympics. So what's the steps?
1: Yeah, sure. So. I guess in the beginning, as I said, it's just competing little A's on the weekend. And then um, teenage years, started training um, with my first coach, Rob. Um, it was just an all-girls group. We trained twice a week, um, Tuesday, Thursday, which was great. I've got some really good friends um, still from that squad and a Flanagan hockey player. Um, was in that squad so um, it was really wonderful you know twice a week to hang out with those girls we didn't go to the same school so it was just a whole new I guess friendship group mm-hmm. um, which is important growing up because sometimes that can change a lot um, girls can be you know not the nicest people around so it's it's good to have a, a wide selection of, of friends that you can you can lean on um, so from then I made um, like little athletics state teams Um, which was great. I didn't make the A final at ALAC. I made the B final and won that. Um, that was up on the Gold Coast, which was really great to win a race. Um, though it was the the consolation final, it was still a win, um, which was really good. And, And my parents and my brother were up there with me, which was awesome. Just before my 16th birthday, so back in 2006, I changed coaches and moved to to train with my coach now who's Matt Beckenham. So we're going on like 10 years now, Mm. which is, um, it's been one hell of a ride. I bet. Um, so it was really different going from, um, Rob's squad, which I was kind of like king of the kids. Mm -hmm. So I was the eldest, um, which was challenging because you didn't kind of have anyone there to one to look up to, um, and to push you in training. Um, so I changed, um, it was the time to do that. Um, I changed to Matt's squad, which I was, you know, the young pup of the squad and there was a lot of senior athletes and it was great. It was overwhelming in the beginning. Um, I was pretty shy youngster. So, um, it was, yeah, daunting to do that. Um, but it was character building and it kind of made me grow up a bit, Mm -hmm. which I think was great. Yeah. Like interacting with, you know, the senior athletes in the squad, it was It was really awesome
0: so um, I guess that was a challenge for you at the same time but it was like an an essential step that you had to take
1: yeah it was something I had to do if I wanted to to keep pursuing Mm. my track um, my track dreams it was time to change and and change is really difficult because you get comfortable and um, you know you have to (laughs) get comfortable being uncomfortable sometimes So it was definitely challenging. The training was much harder. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing some stuff in the gym, um, which was just overwhelming. So there was a lot of things that changed through that time. Um, And then I got injured in 2007, and I missed world youth. So from feeling like I was just going up and up and up, um, then changing things, I got a stress fracture.
2: Right
1: means I didn't get to compete domestically in 2007, didn't get to even try to go to World Youth. That was devastating. Mm. Um, But I got through that because I just had bigger dreams. I knew there was bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Um, So that was tough. Um, But, you know, I did all the rehab, did some pool running, which is awful. I hate (laughs) going to the pool. Uh, But things you got to do. I was super determined to make World Juniors, which was the next year and um i did it i made it which was great um so proud to to make an aussie team and um so i was in 2008 when i was in year 12 at school so that was challenging in itself um the school system in act isn't quite as harsh i think as new south wales we don't have hsc but um I had a great school. I went to MacKillop and they were so accommodating. They would always ask how I'm going. I dropped some lines of classes in year 12 because I'd done enough in year 11 for points. They were great. Um, school never stressed me. They were wonderful. So it was really, really good. Um, I think I was one of the first kind of sports people to go through, so hopefully that helps some other youngsters coming through in in the coming years.
0: Do you think they were as supportive because... Um they saw your passion for it
1: probably yeah they would and I I was pretty easy going at school like I yeah it never caused any trouble I had a great group of um, girlfriends and we just did our thing mm. so that was it was a great so I wasn't school captain I wasn't house captain I wasn't sports captain I didn't kind of go out of my way to um, I guess self-promote at that stage it was just I was at school and I was doing my thing so they were really good about that Um, at World Juniors they were actually in Poland in Bidgosh where they are this year right so um, it was really a really good time away I missed the final by one spot oh shit and I was devastated
0: so what you would have came so there was overall what 9 yeah
1: crap so I was shattered and it was really hard to watch that final because i was like i i've done at the time i thought that i'd done enough to deserve that spot um i watched it i was crying i'm a pretty emotional person i'm pretty sure everyone knows that but being emotional doesn't mean you're weak it just means it's really important to you and Mm. when it fails it hurts um so i watched that i thought oh my god this is just devastating i got home i didn't have much break so this is in august 2008 i trained really motivated to just do something. I was just on a mission. I'd been inspired by expo- being exposed to World Juniors, exposed to so many amazing athletes. And I got back um I was healthy. Um I was excited about finishing school and I just trained hard. And in November in 2008 I ran 11:33, which was the second fastest by an Australian junior ever. Um, it definitely holstered me into the public eye a lot more. Mm. Um, there were some things that came my way that I had to decline, um, because, uh, it wasn't the right image to, um, promote yourself, uh, with. Right for you? Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely, um... Intriguing to do things like that, but and obviously you get paid to do magazines. But at the time, as an eighteen-year-old, it was definitely the wrong decision. Mm.
0: Um, Would have been the wrong decision to pursue that. Yes, yes,
1: yes the wrong decision to do that because you you're <laughs> at this point of an eighteen-year-old, and either you're going down one side of life or you're going down the other. Yeah, and it's all about the brand, Melissa yep. Breen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. It yes, definitely changed things a lot for me running that time, and it took me four years to run a PB.
0: Since then, wow, yeah, yeah, okay.
1: 2012. So it this sounds time.
0: like like throughout this whole time, there's a lot of trusting the process and not yeah. not giving up. I think um, I, I love a thing I keep hearing from a lot of people is that like failure is when you stop or when you quit, mm. and you can fail over and over and over and over and again. But true failure is when you stop or when you quit. Mm. Um, and it sounds like you've just stuck with the process and you trusted the process and you coach and yourself and the passion you have for athletics. Um, and despite being injured, despite, you know, not making a final and despite not running a PB for four years, mm. um, you stuck with it and good things yeah. have come from that.
1: Yeah. I just, I think, you know, if it was easy, it's such a cliche, but everyone would do it. Exactly. Um, I just believe that something great is going to happen and whether it's going to take eight more years. Mm. It'll be worth it. I hope it doesn't take that long. Goodness. I hope it's a bit quicker than that. But if it does, then it'll be worth it. Because I guess what Matt's installed in me is the journey is what's really important. Um, And the journey for us, um, when I sat down with him, when I first started with him, I had three things I wanted to do. Uh, Was to become an Olympian, to break the Australian record, and then to break 11 seconds. So in two thousand fourteen I was able to two thousand twelve ticked one of them off, which was awesome. Two thousand fourteen ticked the next one. And maybe this last one of breaking eleven seconds might take a bit longer. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see why it's not possible.
2: Yeah.
1: I have got to improve five meters in the rest of my career. That race was not perfect in Canberra. It was great. It was an awesome day. But there's still more there. And um
0: this is your PB race, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Australian record race. Yeah, yeah. so the
1: 11-11. Um, so I've just, I just believe that something amazing is going to happen. It just might take its time.
0: Cool. And that's the mindset you have. That's the belief yeah. you have.
1: Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's the one thing um, that gets me going every day is because that's what I want to do. Mm. Um, and that's my gold medal everyone's gold medal is different Mm. Um, but for me that's it and one day I hope that I can cross that line and it to happen and it was just going to be amazing Mm -hmm. and it will be worth everything to me Um, and say in 10 years time I don't do it man I would have had an amazing journey yeah Uh, I look back now and um, you get so, I guess, single-minded on what's currently happening right now. And sometimes, like my dad says, stop and smell the roses, mm. Mel. And it's been an amazing ride. And yes, there's always hard times. Um, but they're not hard times like someone's battling cancer. Mm. Or they're not hard times like there's been horrific car accident. So... The hard times are challenging because athletes are the most selfish people I know and you're dedicating your whole life to just this one moment and when it doesn't happen, you're down on yourself and you're frustrated and you're just like, why can't this happen? So it's just important to enjoy the ride and and let me assure you the last six months has not been super enjoyable. Um, It's been a tough year Um, trying to qualify for the Olympics. The first time I've had... um, an injury um, that stopped me from training for a long period of time. I had a hammy tendon issue, which started back in probably October last year. Um, we tried different injections. We tried lots of different things. Um, I do about 30 minutes of rehab every day just to be good. <laughs> it's a different world, but I'm also not 21 anymore. I'm not saying I'm 45, mm. but it's different. Yeah. And I never thought, about it like that when you're 21 you warm up in half an hour and yeah. you're sprinting and you're like i'm fine day, yeah i turned 26 this year which is i'm not saying it's old your body changes it and it's just different yeah um and it's appreciating that and not you know taking your body for granted yeah. so it's been a big learning curve this year so that's why the running towns were <laughs> meant so much to me to have finally done it after missing most times I ran.
0: <laughs> been so close. Yes. But yet not quite there. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome. So you mentioned that your your coach, Matt Beckenham um, is, is obviously your coach and someone you work with closely. Um, who else do you work with, I guess, in terms of athletics?
1: So um, my massage therapist, Scott Smith, is yep. um, been part of the team. Since end of two thousand thirteen um he has been wonderful yeah um comes to sessions, does a lot of filming, treats me if I need, and he's just a really good guy just to have around um we're very similar in a lot of ways um we're a bit of a he won't mind me saying this, but we're kind of like loners like mm-hmm. i I actually quite enjoy my own company I live by myself and um care. And my cat, my beautiful cat, he's currently hiding. Um, <laughs> um, he's just a really good guy to be around and a great, great soundboard at times. Um, sometimes it's good not to, I guess, vent everything to Matt if I'm concerned with, you know, the session today and you know the training session done. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, Scott's just a wonderful guy to just have on your side Mm. Um, it's just really good to kind of I guess have that that nucleus at training Um, and obviously Lauren Wells is always at the track when we train so we've had um, a pretty amazing ride together Um, in 2009 we both missed worlds through some pretty ordinary circumstances
0: just for the listeners um, Lauren Wells is a 400 meter hurdler that trains with Mel and with Mac Beckenham as well
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so we both miss Worlds. Um, we were in Berlin. It was all... We were all ready to go, but through some pretty ordinary circumstances, we missed um, competing for Australia. We um, stayed the entire time. We went to every event and watched um, at Worlds in Berlin. And we said that we would never do this again, that we would never sit in the grandstand and miss a team. Mm. And since then, we've made every senior team together. And we've been roomies and it's just been awesome so really relieved that i get to go to Rio with her she came to the airport and bought me some beautiful flowers and champagne when i arrived back from townsville so um it was a really big surprise so i I can't wait to to share that to share it with her it was wonderful walking to the opening ceremony in london we've experienced so much and it's just great we get to add another chapter to it this year Mm. yep so having lauren around at training is awesome We never really do the same sessions, but, um, it's just, you know, another body there that you know, know and that, um, is really, really important.
0: And, um, like having that team there is important to you. Having that team to work with is essential, you'd say?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like obviously track is, you know, a very individual, um, track and field is a very individual sport, but you can't do it on your own. It's impossible. Mm. Um... And nor can any of your support network hold your hand out there while you're doing it. Mm. You have to be able to hold your head up high and be able to do it by yourself. But to get to that start line, there is a multitude of people that have got you there. And really the whole um, Matty B department squad have been invaluable um, in that this year has been challenging. And all the beautiful messages um, I received um, up in for got me through that Saturday night. I ran 11.36 on the Saturday night. So 0. 0.04 mm. off the qualifier. And I was just shattered. Like, I was like, I'm just the nearly there girl, aren't I? Like, uh-huh. I'm just like, come on. Like
0: I love that label, I'm the nearly N- there girl. Yeah, I was just... Did you get shirts made up?
1: Yeah, oh, goodness. <laughs> I, it was about time if I kept doing it. So, um, and we have we have a squad um, Facebook group chat and um, Matt had written that, you know, we just missed again. Um, he wasn't up in Townsville but obviously I was keeping him in the loop mm. um, saying that you know we're pretty pretty down to miss again and, and there was just so many beautiful messages um, I struggled with belief over that 48 hours that it would turn around because after you know 12 attempts of within point one you just start thinking maybe it's just not going to happen crazy so they were just so beautiful um, and I'm so lucky to have such a great um, squad <clears throat> Around that lift you up when you can't lift yourself up is mm. really important. So I hope that it gave them so much joy when they read that on Sunday morning that we had finally done it. I don't think I wrote anywhere that I did it because we did it.
0: I hear that a lot in athletes, and um, I think it's a pretty cool thing. At the same time, it's a bit weird when mm. athletes speak, "Oh, we did it," even though mm. you're the person that crossed the line yeah. under the time. Yeah, Cedric Dubler, the yes. um has his own. YouTube channel. Yes, I've seen
1: it. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. Great (laughs) job.
0: And um, he always says we. Mm. And like, I know he means him and his coach mainly and the rest of his support team, but like, I think if there's an audience out there that listen to him doing it, they they think crap, he's got schizophrenia. He always (laughs) talks about we, like him and someone else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I don't know if I wrote, I did it like, yes, I did do it. I was the one that ran 1131 but Without the we, the 1131 wouldn't have happened. No. Without my mom there cooking some amazing food, because I'm sure if I was by myself, I would have eaten cereal mm. for um, um, for dinner on that Saturday night. So it's definitely a we in an individual sport, <laughs> which is weird. But they've been great, and I'll, I'll miss them dearly when I leave. Um, but there's always FaceTime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what is the plan for you? And this can be short term or long term.
1: Uh, my long term plan is to keep running for as long as I can because I'd never want like a normal person job.
0: Don't mm-hmm. want on nine so, to five. No, no,
1: no. I want to keep running as long as I can. Um, I want to keep my body healthy. I hope I'm. I hope I can continue on after 2020 Olympics. Mm. Wow. Um, that would be awesome obviously life takes you on different paths and maybe at that time of my life I would have met my future husband and you know maybe I would want to start a family but right now um, I want to run and I want to continue running um, fast and, and for Australia for as long as I can it's the best job in the world you get to see the world you get to experience so many highs and lows and it builds you into the person I am because without track I wouldn't be this person speaking to you now. I'd probably still be the shy year 10 girl that couldn't um, do a speech in front of her class. Mm -hmm. So it's shaped me into becoming a much more confident, um, you know, self-assured person with, um, I guess, the belief that anything is is possible. Um, I couldn't have thought anything worse than doing something like this when I was at school. I would have... (sighs) Goodness, I would have said two words and and stopped speaking. So it's it's definitely shaped me and obviously being exposed to the media um you definitely need to learn your way with words mm. because you need to get the right message across and it can be ni- manipulated pretty easily. Mm. And they can say one thing and it can completely change the context of yes, what you're saying. Yes. Mm. So it's just really important that you get your message across.
0: What is the goal? And I think you mentioned that earlier, but what is the goal?
1: The goal is to break 11 seconds. Whether that's in Canberra in February on some ridiculous day in 2019 or whether it's not till 2025 in America. I don't know. It's very hard to say where that day will be, but all I can do is keep trying. Um, That's one goal. The goal going to Rio is, one, to enjoy because it's been a stressful year and i actually made it i get to go and compete for australia at the olympics and it would be awesome to run faster than what i did in london um for me that would be the biggest tick um obviously people talk about making semis that would be awesome i think i'll have to break the australian record again to make semis um which might be possible it's challenging running in a stadium where there's normally not much wind um, you know 100,000 people a different warm-up it's just going to be different Um, but I have competed in stadiums a lot so I have had that experience Um, we've definitely nutted things out with the training program to ensure um, I'm in my best shape um, which is very different than other years running my fastest I have all year and June is great um, I haven't done that before, so the things are on the up, which is wonderful. And then we just, yeah, get to go to the Olympics, which is—it's still sinking in.
0: What's been your most enjoyable experience?
1: My most enjoyable experience was definitely London. It was amazing. From the moment of getting the uniform in this massive warehouse i was with lauren and danny and kim um and we got our kit and we were trying it all on and i just looked around and i was like so this is like we're actually trying on our olympic games uniform to compete at the olympics like it was just an amazing moment um to share it with those awesome girls as well um and It was just so surreal at the time because you're working every day you're running you're training you're bettering yourself and then there's just this this mecca of this amazing um, Olympic spirit and you're there and you're a part of it that was what began the most amazing two weeks for me Um, from there we were in the opening ceremony it was you know six hours of standing it was by the end your back was just completely gone, but worth every second mm-hmm. of being able to walk, um, into that stadium. Um, the only regret I have is that Matt, um, wasn't there with us. He wasn't part of the team in London. Um, so he had Brendan Cole, Lauren Wells and myself there. So the three of us walked in, um, together. It had been a big journey for all of us to make that Olympics. And, um, I really wish Matt could have um, been there, a part of the team with us. Um, but despite that, we had an amazing night. It was so good walking in there, surrounded by all the Australian team. And it, it was so surreal because Laura and I walking in, we were getting emotional We're like, so this, we're just walking in to the opening ceremony of an Olympic Games that we're participating in. Like, it was unreal. Um, I think we had two hours of physio the next day to be put back together, but it was it was awesome. Um, and then obviously, um, being in the hundred, you're on the first day, which is great. Um, I wasn't too nervous um, because I'd run a PB um, three weeks before in Switzerland, or in 11:27, so I knew if I just concentrated on what I had to do, it'd be okay. So rather than being overwhelmed by the crowd or thinking I've got to change things. Just do your routine and you'll be fine. Um, I probably didn't execute as well, but um, I had a great race. I was sixth. around ran 11.34. And when I saw the time come up, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't stuff it up. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually put a good race together in front of all these people wearing the Australian coat of arms and the Olympic rings and that I did it. And it was a great moment going back through the call room, going to see Matt. And saying that I actually did it and I'm actually an Olympian Um, it was really a really awesome moment Um, from then I had 10 days in the village I didn't miss a single track and field session Danny and I went to every morning and evening session to cheer on everyone we had the best seats in the house to watch track and field and it was awesome I was well and truly ready to come home after that Been away for a few months Um, but those two weeks in the village representing Australia competing and cheering the other Aussies on was just awesome and um, Rio will be a different experience but um, I'm really looking forward to every aspect I am again on the first day which is great because it gives me a chance that I can go and cheer on everyone else mm. um, it it's just going to be wonderful and we had the apartment um in london of Catherine, mitchell kim danny alana sal lauren and i and we've all made it again and i hope that we're all in the same apartment it's just such a good group of girls and they're all so caring and so beautiful um to be around they can lift you up when you're down they can make you laugh when you're sad like um it's just a great track family um to be a part of and i'm i'm really excited that we've all We've all made it and hopefully we'll we'll be together there again.
0: Mm, That's really cool. What's been your least enjoyable experience?
1: Goodness, there's been a few of them. (laughs) 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 Uh, Quite a few. Um, mm, There's been many. Um, Let's go with. 2013 to unlucky 13 um I started off the year quite well um 11:25 11-25 and 23-12 in Sydney at the Grand Prix which was great two PB's in one night um got on a plane went to Perth tore my calf Mm, I remember that Yeah, it's just this high emotion of just so much joy and then just such heartache in one week. It was really, really tough. Um, I didn't compete for the rest of the domestic season. I went um, to Japan um, after two weeks of training to race. around 11.50. It was fine. Um, calf held up pretty well. We were attempting to qualify for the relay, um, the 4x1 for Moscow. Um, we went to Sri Lanka and Bangkok to qualify um, we had two Aussie four by one women's teams um, we all got very sick on the flight from Bangkok to <coughs> Sri Lanka
0: like a bug um, or something Hm. like a bug or mm,
1: yeah um, the food food on the plane oh, okay. although I just had rice apparently that's you can get quite sick from just having rice Okay. which I now learnt Um, we got yeah everyone got pretty sick from that Um, attempted race didn't go well I was still really sick when I got back to Canberra Um, I had lots of blood tests done Um, I had a liver and a kidney infection Um, and then they tested Hepatitis C so I was pretty sick and um, that um, really tested me heading back to Europe attempting to race um, got to Moscow around 11.47 which was a great achievement from face value it seemed like a failure um, but I was running like 11.7s all in Europe and I got there and And that year was such an awful year mm. um, yeah I was really sick I was completely broken out. I've never had acne in my life. And, um, because my body couldn't keep up with getting all the toxins out of my system. Um, I was, I was really ill. Right. Um, so it was actually the first time I had, um, a lot of time off training afterwards because Matt said I wasn't allowed to come back to train until I was healthy until the blood test said that I was back. Um, so, yeah, I had a bit of time off. Um, and then I was lost my funding um, after that. <laughs> I was just keep piling it on. It's all right. I can deal with this. Um, I got healthy. I was so determined to run fast, to prove people wrong. And in February, I broke Melinda's record. So in the space of five months,
2: Mm, I completely
1: changed. Um, So we've gone from a really terrible year and turned into something great. Um, And that's why I know even now when I have hard times or when things seem impossible and challenging, my career has taught me that I know I how to bounce back. Yeah, That even if I feel like it's impossible, I find a way.
0: Is it more satisfying having a bounce back as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If if it was each year you won nationals, you went to overseas, you ran a PB, you went to the major, you made semifinals, it'd be, it'd be good. It'd be great. But <laughs> I don't do things easy. And it's it makes the highs so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, I'd love to make semis every year and run PBs every year, but life doesn't work like that. No. And if it was, it'd be a pretty boring book at the end. Mm. So I think my book's pretty exciting so far. Um, So I know even when I'm really down on myself and I'm upset and I feel like I just keep failing, I know that I can bounce back. And even if I'm emotional for a week, I know I'm going to be okay because history shows that. History shows every time something bad has happened, I find a way and um i have to keep saying that to matt sometimes he gets worried about me when i get really down i said this is just how i deal with it and i know how to bounce back because every other time i found a way and i will continue to find a way whether it might not happen the next year but i'll find a way um so i think that's something pretty awesome to be able to do that and to not just go like i'm just going to give up this is too hard yeah uh giving up would be would be the end so it's it's comforting and gives me great confidence that even in those really tough times like in 2009 when i was sent home from worlds because i didn't do my village entry as an 18 year old um i know how to bounce back and i'm a predetermined person and i think i i am an emotional person i cry all the time but and it's just who I am it's just Mel and I get sad I get down on myself but it doesn't mean that I can't turn around and find that light again mm. because history shows that I do that
0: yeah you do it well
1: so I just you just find a way it might take you a week to kind of get your groove back or a month um, but I know how to find a way so though this year was testing and at times I felt like it wasn't gonna happen Um, in the back of my mind you will just find a way there will be a way and your luck will change you won't run into headwinds every time you race it will change Um, but at times that belief struggled Um, but that's where you have a great support network that lifts you up yeah
0: what is fear? that's deep we're towards the deep end of the interview
1: I guess fear is the unknown. So when you think here and you sit here and you think I want to break 11 seconds. Is it scary? Yeah, is there doubt? Yeah. Cuz it hasn't been done before by an Australian. But just because it hasn't been done yet doesn't make it impossible. Um s- I'm not really scared of attempting to do it. I'm not scared of failing at it. Of course, if you don't even try, then you failed anyway. Um, But fear is letting people down, is letting yourself down, like that's fear. or being, like, ashamed, like, coming back from a, a major and not performing well, do you hide for a bit? Like, are you fearful of what people think of you? Or, like, sitting there judging you? But in the end, everyone is so self-indulgent that they probably don't even think about you anyway. History's <laughs> show me that. Um, so nothing in track and field scares me. Or I'm not scared of that side of things because I've been through the ringer and I've come out and I've always I've always come out. Um, I haven't got lost in the the stress or lost in the negativity. Um, I've definitely yeah. Found a way to, to fight through that fear.
0: <laughs> what is excitement?
1: Ooh, excitement to me is running fast, running effortlessly and crossing that line and actually remembering nothing of the race but knowing that you nailed it and that pure joy of hearing the time and that's exciting. Um, It's exciting sharing the journey with Matt and Lauren, um, and seeing Lauren do well—that's exciting. I think I get more nervous watching Lauren race <laughs> because there's nothing I can do. You yeah. just sit in there. At least when um, you know I'm racing, I'm in control um, of what I do. But when you're there in the grandstand and you're like, "Oh god," <laughs> mm-hmm. nervous. So it's exciting to to watch Lauren do well, um, and to see the joy on Matt's face when we do well. Um, that's exciting to me. And, um, the most exciting part of a journey, um, is sometimes coming home and getting that hug off mum and dad when you get back at the airport. Um, it's amazing as athletes, you count down for weeks when you go to Europe Mm. and then you enjoy the time. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm excited to go home. Yeah, Um, I'm such a homebody. Um, and It's really tough saying goodbye to my parents, um, when I leave, but it's so exciting getting off that plane in, whatever it's going to be, the 25th of August this year and, and being home with them. That's exciting. Um, and probably saying my cat will be exciting, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I guess the, the adrenaline and, um, enjoyment out at the start line, that's exciting. Um because what's gonna happen, you don't know. That's exciting. The unknown. In that side of things is exciting. Sometimes the unknown is fear. Like it used to be I used to be very fearful of what was gonna happen in a race. Mm. Because you're like this could go either really good or really bad. Um and I used to get really nervous like I wouldn't want to run because I was scared. That fear is the unknown. But when you're you've had perfect preparation, you know you're in good shape, if you just execute, you will find a way that is exciting the unknown there mm. so and that is a mindset, but it's very hard to trick your mind to thinking that you're in good shape when you're not. That's hard. It's also a little delusional, <laughs> but um yeah, there is a lot of exciting things that are happening in the next two months Mm. which is awesome not so much the 24 hours of train i mean of travel ahead but after that the point of then you'll be in switzerland is exciting so that will get you through the 14 hours of sitting there upright going oh god um and just to experience what the next two months has after the year it's been um I feel like I've already won because I made it. Hmm. Um, and maybe this year my gold medal is just making Rio. Maybe the last fast run will be next year. We don't know that yet. But it's not scary. It's just, we don't know when it's going to happen yet.
0: <laughs> what is failure?
1: Ooh. Failure happens a lot. And people shouldn't be scared of failure. It's I think it's seen as a a really bad word, mm. um, but if we didn't fail, we wouldn't be walking today. Of course, you failed so many times when you were a youngster trying to walk. But what did people do? They encouraged you to keep going, keep trying. You can do it next time. You can do it. Don't worry. Keep going. But now, if you fail, it's like, oh, you just that's terrible. You should you should do something else. What are you What are you wasting your time for? You shouldn't be doing this. You're not very good. What are you bothering for? So different than, imagine if you said that to a kid who's was trying to walk. Yeah, It's completely different now. So um, I coach a little bit in the gym and I, I test my girls to fail at doing power cleans. What is wrong with failure? Nothing. It's such a stigma about the word. Um, I fail all the time. But you get back up and then you try again because that's all you can do. Um, so failure for me isn't a bad word just a little detour, just a little speed bump along the way. Um, Some things are blown out of proportion sometimes with failure, but um, people's definition of what, like if you fail, their definition will be different. Like, um, so if I didn't make semis at Olympics, would I be deemed as a failure? I wouldn't, I wouldn't deem it as a failure at all.
0: So it's perceived differently from different people. Yes, yeah. your mum wouldn't say it's a failure.
1: No. But other people might. Other people might. Um, so, but that's, that's their problem. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> History has taught me to, to acknowledge that sometimes it's just better left to That's Okay, that's your opinion. That's great.
2: Thank you for your opinion.
1: Yes, but I think I did awesome. Um, so, I fail all the time in the gym, at the track. My goal is to break 11 seconds. Every time I race, I fail at the moment because I'm not doing it. But I'm trying. I'm trying so hard to get that little bit better every time you race. Um, So I just try to install that in the guys that I coach that failure is not a bad thing. Um, What would you rather coax through life and just be fine at doing everything? Or would you rather try and push yourself? to the limits like the girls in the gym, would you rather just easily do 35 kilo power cleans for the rest of your life? Would you want to try 50 and 60 and just, you're not going to know if you don't fail. And if you fail, then okay, that's your limit today. It might be different next week. Um, so that's something that if you asked me 12 months ago, 15 months ago, it would be probably different. Um, but the lessons I've learned this year, um, have, have, Definitely shown me. Failure is not a bad thing. You wouldn't know if you don't try, mm. and then that's all. That's all you can do is just keep trying and and go again, and keep lifting your head up, and surround yourself with people that lift you up, um, and just keep trucking.
0: <laughs> what a success!
1: Ooh, I guess success is. <clears throat> achieving what you set out to do um if you set yourself a goal and you achieve it then you've been successful um so i come back to if i don't break 11 seconds would have i had a successful career i still think i would have and i still think i would have had a great ride along the way um but i've called it a failure no If it was a failure, I would have given up in 2009. So success is doing what you set out to do. But even if you didn't do it, you're still successful.
0: Even if you didn't achieve it? Yeah. So success is doing what you set out to do, Do. regardless of whether you achieve it? Yes. Yes.
1: So it comes back to the journey and committing to that and committing to the process Um. Yeah, that's a tough one. I like it though. But I think would I change things? Like I just won't want to get to the end of my career and think have I not been successful because I didn't change anything or should have I have done this? But even now looking back I think this year has been successful even though there was multitudes of failures in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to the objective in the end, um, but even like I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't change anything cause then you wouldn't be sitting here right now having this conversation. Um, but we probably should have taken my injury a little bit more seriously, but you know, the typical Aussie should be right attitude doesn't really stick in that sense. <laughs> um, But being successful is enjoying what you do, the life that you lead on and off the track. Um, And being successful human is probably being a kind human. Mm. (laughs) Because, as I said before, everyone's fighting a battle. We know nothing about. So... Their success may just be getting out of bed in the morning and facing their day. Or their success might be reaching out to someone because they feel alone. So it's all relative to each person's different journey, which we know nothing about.
0: (laughs) Yep. I'm going to ask you to, to find what these four words mean to you. I'll say them all now. So it's determined, spirit, unquenchable, faith. Okay. So what does determined mean?
1: Determined means finding a way when it seems really foggy and it seems like there isn't a way um, And I guess it comes back to the the sink or the swim. You choose to swim. Um, That's what determined means to me. You find a way, even if it seems impossible. Yeah. Spirit. Spirit. It just reminds me of love. So. You find that inner spirit in yourself of why you do something Um, and it's fighting for the good and fighting to want to um, achieve and fighting for that love of something. So for me, yeah, spirit is I guess that inner self and wanting to get better and excel.
0: Unquenchable?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> unquenchable. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean?
0: You get a <laughs> Here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> um, so, unquenchable. Not able to be quenched. Pretty obvious.
1: Captain obvious, well done.
0: Um, but quench is... To satisfy or to extinguish. Okay. And satisfy is meet the expectations, needs. So and
1: unquenchable. You're saying you're not satisfied. Is that what you saying? Pretty much.
0: But it's satis- satisfaction in a good way. So not being able to be satisfied in a good way.
1: Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you. So, like, when the when someone on the outside may look at you and um. Go, oh, it's so awesome. Like, you're so co- close to qualifying. Yeah. And you're just really close. Like, I'd love to be in that position. It's all <laughs> relative. Yeah. So, for me, if I was satisfied after I broke the record, I probably would have retired. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would have been like, that was, that's my goal. That's awesome. But you want more. Mm. You always want more.
0: So, it's still not quenched for you. No.
1: So, um, does that kind of answer it? I feel Yeah.
0: yeah it's a so, good example of that. Yeah, of the so it's kind
1: of like um it's all relative and people can have their opinion and judge in a non judgmental way of what you're doing. Yeah. But until you're living it and it's your life, um it's very hard to create that opinion on. Um because for me you always want more. Yeah. Um,
0: it's that drive to yeah. always want more. It's never satisfied. Yeah. Even though it's a good satisfaction when it does happen. Yes. It's not. It's not enough. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: that. That day was such an exceptional day. Um. To have achieved something that you had dreamed about doing, believed, but still a dream. Um. It was just great. And then, already your mind is going. Okay, so what's next? What's next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's what you're searching for every day. Where can I find that little, that 0.01? Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if you were satisfied and you, you thought that was it, then I would retire in 2014. But that was never going to happen because yeah. you always want more and you believe that there is more there, um, which is sometimes half the battle. <laughs> yeah. Faith. Ooh, faith. It's like trusting the process and trusting the plan, um, even when it's derailed. Um, So being able to keep the faith and trust the process um, is a skill because you can be very irrational and harsh upon yourself very quickly if things don't work or if um, it was extremely challenging for not running a PB for four years um that's why pbs in the gym meant the world to me because it meant that i could say i did a pb something (laughs) whether it was just a bowel clean or whatever it was um but it's it's good to see a little light every now and then um being able to keep the faith um because that's a loud noise um because it's um Really hard to keep the faith if you feel like you're just either letting yourself down, or letting someone else down. Um that the question?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I just repeat myself, <laughs> but just in a different way. I'm like, stop uh-huh. talking, Mel. <laughs> a
0: lot of these questions, um, I've asked a lot of the same questions, questions in different sp- ways. Yes, so yeah. you're
1: just trying to get a different angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fine.
0: <laughs> um, and last question: How do you bake the perfect cake?
1: Uh, If I knew, I probably wouldn't (laughs) be sitting (laughs) here. I might have already run 10 uh, 10 seconds and, and be doing something else. So to bake the perfect cake, you need a lot of a good coach. You need that support network around you. You need someone... Who fixes you when you're broken Scott Smith (laughs) Um, and you need a lot of love and respect Um, and sometimes a little bit of luck in a good cake Um, I know people sometimes say they don't want to say good luck because if you have had good preparation you don't need luck sometimes you need a little bit of luck with the weather (laughs) that's something that you can't plan for Um, and you can't control, it, which is really tough. Um, yeah, yep, yep.
0: Okay, cool. And then how? Oh, the question's done, but how do people um, check you out? Where do they go to, to uh, find you?
1: They find me. I'm um, on Instagram.
0: What's your uh, what's your at tag? Uh,
1: Melissa underscore Breen. Okay. It's the same on Twitter. Spell that. M-E-L-I-S-S-A underscore B R Nice. Um and yeah I will be sharing my journey um I post I'm sorry there's some pictures of my cat that will be on there um and I'll be posting lots of things leading towards the Olympics once I head overseas um but there is just so much love and support out there um when I posted a picture in Japan I think it was just a selfie of just me being sad I was just like this was just such a fail um and there was just so many positive people. It was really nice and it was it's really uplifting um, because athletes aren't superheroes and we hurt as well mm. and we're sad and we're frustrated. Um, and yet there's so many beautiful people out there that just write really nice things. It's really nice to see um, and never underestimate the... Um, the power of a positive comment um, because it can so dramatically um, change your mood. Um, So for all those beautiful people out there, thank you. (laughs) You've saved me more than you know. Um, So it's been, yeah, a really good ride. Thank you very much for the chat. I hope it wasn't too. No,
0: it's great. Good chat. Thank you. Overwhelming
1: or boring or me just talking about track all the time.
0: A lot of people will love this.
1: I hope so. (laughs) thank you thank you
0: well there it is that was Melissa Breen thank you once again for tuning in and listening to this DSUF podcast I really enjoyed interviewing Melissa Breen and what I found really interesting is that so much of who she is and and what she does is focused so intensely on athletics but at the same time, she has this balance, which I think is really important, between the focus she puts on athletics as something external to her, like it's, it's additional to who she is, and also the focus on herself internally about everything else in her life and, and her, her mental health and her, her physical health it's separate to athletics. So I think the balance she has there um, is very important. I would love to hear from you. So please leave some feedback wherever you are listening from. The DSUF podcast is also available to listen to on iTunes as well as the apps for TuneIn, SoundCloud and Stitcher. You can also subscribe on iTunes and on the DSUF website so that you don't miss out on any new episodes that come out. Like always, you can find the show notes for this particular episode at the DSUF website by going to www.dsuf. Dot net, and searching for episode number five with Melissa Breen. Next time, I'll have yet another Olympian on the DSUF podcast and another female, and she's also a track athlete for Australia, and she will be at the Olympics um, at the time of when I release the interview. So, um, yeah, she is another um, like inspiring, high-performing young person, another awesome athlete, so I can't wait for you to listen to her. And remember, a small body of determined spirits fired by an unquenchable faith in their mission can alter the course of history. Catch you next time and have a great day.